Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. On KISS 104.1. It is 7.30, KISS 104.1, Atlanta's R&B. And as promised, ladies and gentlemen, on the phone from the state of Georgia, we have Governor Brian Kemp. Governor, welcome to our show this morning. Hey, good morning. Can you hear me all right, Frank? I I can hear you great, my friend. Thank you so much. Yeah, great. I got a little static here, but I'm good if y'all are. Yes, sir. We sure are. First, thank you for taking time out. We've been telling everybody you were coming on. Mm -hmm. Um, Boy, all around the country, they are talking about you. How do you feel about that? Even the New York Times has an article about the fight for the right to vote. That's what they titled the article this morning. What are your thoughts about when people think that you are withholding people's right to vote here in the state of Georgia? Well, unfortunately, guys, there's been a lot of misinformation and a lot of people lying to the American people, to the national press, and to our own citizens in Georgia. And I can assure you it's not me. And that's why I've been... Gosh, I've probably done 50 interviews, podcasts, radio, TV, whatever. You know, I'm going anywhere and everywhere just to let people know the simple truth about the bill. This bill continues to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat in Georgia. You know, we're replacing an antiquated signature match process with the voter ID, which most people have been voting with voter ID since the mid-2000s in Georgia. We're securing drop boxes. If we hadn't addressed drop boxes in the legislation, they actually would have gone away and not been available in future elections because it was done under emergency rule by the state election board. We're requiring continuous counting of of ballots by county officials so you don't have them stopping in the middle of the night that causes doubt amongst voters and, and erodes confidence. And then we're actually expanding voting access, especially on the weekends. And we, you know, now have 17 days of in person early voting in Georgia. That's more than most states around the country. We have now the ability, well, we have an additional mandatory Saturday, so we'll have two Saturdays of voting in every county in the state, all 159 counties, and then counties have the option of having Sunday voting on two Sundays. They don't have to do that, but it's the county local control option. If they want to, Mm -hmm. they can. So potentially you could have 19 days and a lot of the other things that people are nitpicking, they're really not explaining fully, you know, why or what the process is. And I'm glad to get into that if you guys want to. Let me let me ask you this. Many people, I've heard you answer this question several times. I saw your interview with Joe Vita Moore as well. Many people are saying, if nothing was broken, why did you try to fix it? Well, I think if you really look, and look, just don't believe me, Frank, if you really look at the legislative intent and kind of what they explained in the bill, which, you know, I have a document that can kind of show that and your listeners, if you're interested, we could email that to you and you guys can post it up. But really the, the, when you have a 351% increase in the number of absentee ballots by mail, the county elections officials are just overwhelmed with that. The signature match process takes a long time. It's arbitrary. 
therefore having the voter ID requirement on that or simply putting identifying numbers from your Social Security number or your driver's license number will speed that process up. Uh, it'll allow them to count quicker, and I believe it'll also be more secure. But also, you know, we got complaints from voters that were, you know, had counting starting and stopping at different times of the night. So it's very hard for people to monitor um, the, the counting of the ballots, which is the right of whether you're a Democrat, Republican, you know, independent, press, or whatever. You know, we should have people have the ability to watch that process to make sure that we're holding people accountable to the elections fair. And that goes for, you know, both sides of the aisle or anybody in the middle. And, and we had to address drop boxes. This is the thing. You know, a lot of people are saying, well, you're taking drop boxes away. But nothing could be further from the truth. If we had not done an elections bill this year, there would be no drop boxes uh, in the 2022 election or 2021 elections like the Atlanta uh, mayor's race and other races. Or I guess more, more pointed would be the Fulton County elections. But because that was done by emergency rule, it's never been in the law, at least in recent memory and so they there wouldn't have been any because because it wasn't in the law so now it is in the law and then adding the days on on sunday addressing you know there's been a big brouhaha about water i mean there's reports and document yeah. documented reports of electioneering going on uh within the 150 foot uh precinct boundary lines that we've had in georgia for a long time that's not allowed i know that because when i was a candidate for secretary of state i would never cross that 150-foot line unless I was going to vote. I didn't visit precincts, and, um, you know, candidates know that. If they're outside the 150 feet, they can give away water, they can give away pizza, they can set up, you know, tables and signs and hand out literature, but you just can't electioneer voters while they're in line. They shouldn't be harassed, intimidated, or bothered uh, in that process, but it still allows the county to provide water or uh, a drink station for, for the voters or the voters themselves can bring water, food, they can order a pizza, you know, Uber Eats or whatever, and nobody's really saying that. But the other question, guys, is why are people standing in line that long? They should not be doing that, in my opinion. That's the real question. Is like, why, if I'm a voter, why am I standing in line for three yeah. or four hours if people in other counties are not? And this legislation, if you actually read it, it addresses those issues by mandating the amount of equipment that East Precincts has, depending on how many people uh, are going to be voting there. And if they have long lines, it requires the county to address that in the next election and make changes so that doesn't happen again. I mean, voters deserve that, in my opinion. And of course, the other side is just simply not being truthful in telling you that. So let me let me ask you this, and, and I, I want to phrase this the right way. So I was having the conversation with my wife, and she said, it sounds like paternalism. And I started laughing because you and I are both fathers, and we have children, and sometimes we make decisions for our kids that we feel are in the best interest of them. And many people feel like this is a very paternalistic move by the state because you made these moves, and – you're saying they are for the good of the people, but the people are saying they're not. Mm. Was there any conversation that the public had to be able to say, don't do this because it really doesn't help us in the end? Oh, sure there was. I mean, you know, the other side's out there saying, like, this is rushed through and signed quickly and all that kind of stuff. I think they're just mad because they didn't have enough 
time to orchestrate and continue to, you know, to really spread the lies that they're putting out there uh, before the bill's signed. They're having to do it after. But regardless of that, I mean, Speaker Austin set up a legislative committee to start working on, you know, these issues that came up during the election to really address the lack of confidence that was out there for many voters in the state, but also just the mechanical problems that we um, were, were having in the election this year, or the state was having, uh, or counties that actually run the elections. And this wasn't coming from just, you know, legislators themselves. They were hearing it from citizens in their district. They were hearing it from elections officials that were talking about these problems. You know, that's one reason the, the absentee ballot cutoff has been changed to be more in line with what the United States Post Office recommends so that you don't have ballots coming in by mail, you know, after the election day and then they aren't counting because that's disenfranchising people. I mean, we're getting criticized for doing that, saying, well, you're short in the window, you can get a ballot. I mean, there's still two and a half months that people can request an absentee ballot by mail. We're just trying to get them to mail it back sooner so it gets there on time and doesn't get not counted because it, it missed the, you know, the, the, the post office didn't deliver or deliver yeah. it a day late. So, I mean, all of these things uh, are coming from individuals or things that happened in the election. But, you know, this committee was set up before the end of the year in 2020. And then the legislative session started in the middle of January. And this issue has been debated and ideas worked on, you know, really for two and a half months before the final version there was committee hearings, and you know I'm, I was hearing plenty about the bill. But don't you? But, 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 in, but in all honesty, don't you think the timing was a little messed up, considering that you know um, President Trump had just lost the election; he had been spreading, which everybody says is a lie right. about something that happened in the election, and then it just so happens that after Trump loses, now this bill right. comes up. I mean, it wasn't the timing kind of off. Don't you think it would have been better just to maybe wait until the next cycle? Well, I mean, look, that's an interesting question. A lot of the other sides, you know, basically saying this is sour grapes or whatever. But when you look at what the fixes are in the bill, regardless of whether you think the timing was good or not, the things that we're doing needed to be addressed. I mean, when you have a 351% increase in mail-in ballots, you've got and, and have, you know, it took forever to count those. Uh, it was it was not a uh, uh, it was an arbitrary process that became more arbitrary because you had so many ballots. I mean, we used to only have you know five to ten percent of the people vote by mail. This year, I think we had like thirty five to forty percent. So it was a you know put a, a real burden on the county elections officials. If we hadn't done the bill, we would not have drop boxes right now. We'd be getting criticized saying, "Well, you should have put drop boxes." into the law. So it's kind of hard to have it both ways. But I would say this, you know, the Democrats were the ones that were complaining about the election results after the 2018 election, and they were calling on election reforms then. Then, So this happens after every election. And I think, guys, if you really look back, I mean, if you're taking an honest look at this and you look back over the years, anytime there's been big elections, especially in presidential years, there's always kind of housekeeping uh, reforms done after those elections, I know that was the case when I was Secretary of State. Uh, we had a new voting system this year as well, so this is the first cycle, you know, post the new voting system. So we learned things as well about that. And and the legislature traditionally has has made and, and updated our election laws, okay. which, in my opinion, is what we were doing this year. Uh, another question is why did you 
sign this bill behind closed doors? Mm. Well, look, that's a normal process. I mean, I sign hundreds of bills every year in my office. Um, you know, it's, it's not unusual to do that. I think I've signed probably over, you know, around a dozen bills already. Um, I did very few of those in public. I mean, the, the legislature passes hundreds of bills, and I just decided to do that because I knew you know, what was coming on the other side, uh, we had been involved in the process. I was very comfortable with the bill uh, that passed, and so I just went ahead and signed it and put that behind us because we still had several days of the session left, and I didn't want the debate to be about whether I was going to sign this bill or not. We needed to be debating things that we did, you know, really good things like repealing the citizen's arrest statute because yeah. of the Ahmad Aubrey situation. We're the first state in the country to do that, and we really needed to focus on those issues, getting the state budget passed and, you know, not be bogged down in something that, you know, I had no doubt I was going to sign once it got in a position where we had a good bill and it was making it easy to vote and hard to cheat. So another question, and and this was on social media. When you signed the bill next to you, there's there's only white men next to you. There was no black folk there next to you. And then behind you, there's a picture is that an old plantation house in the picture that's behind you? Because that's what was circulating on social media. And I said, when I talk to you, I'm going to ask you directly, what is that picture that's behind you? Well, the people in the picture were the leadership of the Republicans in the General Assembly and the committee chairs that worked on the bill. They had asked to, to be there, um, so we obliged them with that. That picture has been hanging in the conference room in 107 for a long time. We did it down there because we were preparing Okay. The live address that I did. Uh, but that picture was actually, gosh, I think it was done by a Russian immigrant <laughs> that okay. just liked, liked old houses. You know, there's no, you know, it's not some sort of plantation. I think that's been pretty well documented. Which, okay. again, if you're, if you're just a person that's wanting to give the truth, I mean, that is simply a distraction. Uh, you know, there's been black legislators, white legislators, Republicans, Democrats, you know, business people. Um, you know, minority pastors, white pastors, all in that room having meetings with me. Nobody's ever said anything about that portrait. All right, one last question. Uh, Governor Kemp, we opened up the phone lines for many of our listeners to call in, and many of them called in with one specific question. We saw um, you and Mayor uh, Bottoms go back and forth all last year with the lawsuit, with opening up the state, with mandates, and a lot of our listeners feel like there's something personal um, with you against black women and because of what they saw with Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. What do you say to your constituents who just feel like you have an issue with black women in power? <laughs> well, no, that's ridiculous. You know, I appointed the first African-American female Superior Court judge in Gwinnett County. I just swore in an African-American female magistrate judge in Richmond County yesterday in my office. Uh, you know, so that uh, I would I would urge people to look at look at the record. Look, I, I, Mayor Bottoms and I have had a good relationship. Uh, she's a good person. I obviously haven't agreed with her on a lot of policy decisions, whether it's going after violent crime in the city of Atlanta and making sure that our neighborhoods are safe or trying to close down businesses after we had reopened in our state that was against an executive order uh, that I had issued. You know, I was standing up for hardworking Georgians, including black Georgians that have small businesses. And, and, and I just thought that was improper for her to do that. 
and and so I, I stood up and took a stand on that. But listen, we work with the city all the time, and we're working with their police department right now. Um, on and you know we passed a piece of race uh, legislation this year uh, that Senator Senator Emanuel Jones did. He's an African American Democrat, a leader in the party, going uh, yeah. going after a bipartisan issue of street racing to make sure that we're keeping our streets safe in Atlanta. So you know I'm gonna be outspoken. When I have strong policy beliefs, but it has nothing to do personally with Mayor Bottoms or anyone else. Are you going to run for president? Do what? You heard me. <laughs> Let me just put it you out are there. Breaking up. You are breaking Come up. Come on now. If Jimmy Look, Carter am, did it, if Jimmy Carter did it, no, I am asking a direct Brian, question: right. Is Brian Kemp going to run for president? Don't don't spread rumors that I'm, I'm Jimmy Carter, please. I think highly of our former president, but. Uh, <laughs> I do not need that tie. Look, I am focused on working hard for the state of Georgia. We are we are doing great. We live in the greatest state in the country to live, work, and raise our families. We've got, you know, a diverse economy. we got everything you could want here, mountains, beaches. I mean, why would I want to go to D.C. when I'm right here in Georgia? There it is right there. Governor Brian King. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking time to Have speak to day, us. Guys. Have a great day. It is you KISS 104.1, Atlanta's R&B. The new home for the Frank Ski Show is KISS 104.1. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 